Welcome to Rising Stars, where Miriam Knight, publisher of New Consciousness Review, interviews exciting new voices in the world of progressive and transformational books, films, and ideas who offer intriguing perspectives on life, the universe, and everything in between. Join us as we celebrate the conscious awakening and explore many expressions of consciousness in action. The Rising Stars Show, where we celebrate some of the best writers you may not have heard about, but who offer information and inspiration with much food for thought. I'm Miriam Knight, the publisher of New Consciousness Review, a website and magazine where we review many of the books and films contributing to the global shift in consciousness. With the pace of awakening speeding up, here on Rising Stars, I will be introducing you to two or three of these authors and artists each show, especially those who might not have as many opportunities to be heard. As you listen to our guests, I hope you will be able to add a few more pieces to the puzzle of who we are and all we can become. Our first guest today is Yitzhak Be'eri. He's an internationally recognized shamanic healer and teacher. He was initiated into the circle of 24 Yashaks by his Quechua teacher in Ecuador and by Amazonian Kanamari Page. He has also trained intensively with other elders from South and North America. He's the founder of the shamanportal.org and co-founder of the New York Shamanic Circle. He's on the faculty of the New York Open Center, and his work has been featured in the New York Times, films, TV, and webinars. He's an accomplished visual artist, and he's the owner of an award-winning advertising agency. He grew up on Kibbutz Beit Alpha in Israel and lives in New York, and I am delighted to welcome. Welcome you, Yitzhak. I'm so happy to be with you. <laughs> oh, Yitzhak, when you... Um, made the transition and looked beyond the jungles of the New York advertising scene. How did you end up in the jungles of the Amazon? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it, it was a big struggle for me, actually, to make the transition. Uh, I've done advertising, but I really never fully, my heart was really not in it. I was wondering why uh, I was chosen to do that, and uh, I had... I've done that with a lot of guilt feeling. So I was choosing always to work with nonprofit organizations, with you know people that are doing good, but not always you can do that. Uh, and I had a really difficult time uh, accepting that this is what I do, uh, encouraging uh, consumption and and all the what you said, the the, the jungle of advertising. And it actually was uh, on my. On one of my trips to uh, the Shua territory in uh, the Amazon of Ecuador, that I, the ayahuasca plant was giving me an answer to that, which was beautiful in a way. Uh, it shook my work in a way that it said that um, sh uh, that shamans and people in the advertising uh, are very similar in many ways. They have uh, the ability to vision, to uh, cater to people's uh, needs and passions, and so. I kind of accepted that, and uh, I started to feel more comfortable with my own skin. That's fascinating. I, I 
wouldn't have drawn that parallel, but it's absolutely understandable. You know, I've heard from so many people who have reached a, a high level of success in what we would consider the modern world and feel something deep inside that isn't being fulfilled and really are are driven to look outside for something to fill that void. And it really is a spiritual void, isn't it? Uh, of course it is. You know, I... I, uh, I, I was uh, an artist, and I showed in galleries and uh, museums, and uh, and um, I I had an advertising agency. I won awards. I I've done work. I have family and children, but there was something that was missing. Uh, especially when I got into my late thirties, I understood that there there is something there that I'm not totally. Um, familiar with and I wanted more I wanted to know what's the meaning of all of that the meaning of life you can call it and I think that a lot of people at that age around the age of 40 going through this um, questioning which is uh, wonderful because it's it's the the time that in the Kabbalah they talk about walking into the Pardes into the mystery um, and the, it's an age where you've already been through many different life experiences and you can start understanding more about your role in, in life and in, in your community. So, yes, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a great transition. <laughs> uh, now, when you um, started on this kind of path of the seeker, uh, why did you choose the shamanic um, teachers in in Latin America? Well, I I don't know if I chose that or it's chosen me. Actually, um, I started. I, I was I wasn't even aware of the the word shamans or I mean it's not that I didn't read about all kind of different experiences, but I never really dreamed that I would be doing this work, and it wasn't something that I said. I woke up one day and I said, I want to be a shaman or, or spiritual. I always thought that other people have that uh, great power and magic, uh, but I never really realized that, it, that there is something in me that can actually do that. Um, so I read a book and I, I read about a workshop that was um, Michael Hanner was giving, and I, I went there and there's like a window opened in my mind and I started to see visions and uh, and what's so was so striking for me was that I um, that all this vision really related to the person that I uh, journeyed for, and I could not deny that power. You said you started to see visions. Had you ever had any inkling in your earlier life that you um, had a, an active uh, intuition? I had, but I. Uh, I had a out of body experiences. I had visions. I had dreams that came, to, but I never really paid attention to it. I thought that this is something, you know, that I should not even consider. I, I, in in many ways, I was a little afraid of that um, revelations. Uh, I pushed it to the side. I, I was too busy. I was busy doing my art career. I was busy doing advertising. I was busy raising children. I never really paid attention to it. But I think that when I did these shamanic journeys uh, with Michael Hanner and then later on uh, with John Perkins, I, um, 
I could not deny that the, the power of it and, and how it really affects um, the reality and my reality and the people that I worked with. And um, I actually went the first trip with John Perkins to Ecuador. Um, I don't know exactly why. I, I didn't really made, uh, made sense of it. I just knew that I have to go. There was like a, an inner voice that called me to do that. I was. Uh, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the uh, the time. I didn't have. Uh, I, I didn't have the the right excuse to tell my wife and my children that I have to leave them for two weeks uh, and not work. <laughs> 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 but I knew that I really have to be there. And it turned out that I met. Um, I, I had these experiences in in the jungle with the ayahuasca, and I had uh, experiences with um, uh, the the yachaks or the shamans of the Andes. Uh, and there where I, I met uh, Don Jose Joaquin Pineda, who became uh, my teacher um, a couple of years later. Um, I can't really explain why. I mean, I think that that in many ways, it's uh, it's a mystery. Uh, I just followed my heart, I think. And um, the funny thing is that I think that there is uh, another and this is a plan for us uh, written somewhere above. And it turned out that a um, few years ago, uh, when I went to teach in Poland, I did some uh, research and my cousin in Israel found a story about our family in, in Kolno, in Poland. And it turned out that my great-grandfather was a Kabbalistic rabbi and he was a, a healer. And he devoted his life to s- the same subject that I do or I did at that time, which was uh, the fight between good and evil, uh, the constant battle within ourselves and with the outside uh, world. And I was shocked that what I thought that is so unique to me that I discovered this route was actually fulfilling my <laughs> great grandfather or my ancestors' um, uh, work and interest. So I'm not sure that we're actually choosing our path or we are leading to our path. That's fascinating. Yitzchak, you put all of this into a memoir. What is the title of your book? It's The Gift of Shamanism. The Gift of Shamanism. And do you have a website? Uh, Well, the uh, website for the book is um, thegiftofshamanism.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website, my personal website is uh, itzakbiri.com. And I'm on Facebook if people want to uh, contact me. Uh-huh. Good. Well, I just wanted to get that in before we go to break. We have another minute or so. So um, how did your family react to all this? Well, in the beginning, it was a little bit of a shock uh, because what what is it, my father taking away time from us and going to this jungle uh, with crazy people and drink this crazy dr- uh, drug? And uh, so they were very uncertain. What? What? They were, you know, their security, their balance of their life changed. But um, as they saw me moving through this path and um, the the work that I'm I'm doing, they started to accept it. um, And actually, they're very proud of me now. 
uh, and they accepting these changes. And um, I actually took all my family uh, to a trip to Ecuador to meet uh, the shamans and do healing ceremonies. And they were present in my initiations in the in uh, Magdalena, the um, the the river, the uh, spring water there in near in Bambura. So they were they became part of uh, my path, but I wouldn't say that it was easy on them uh, in the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine it wasn't. Well, we're going to take a little break now, and then we'll be right back with Yitzchak Be'eri talking about the path of shamanism. Free your mind with Ohm Times Radio, IOM FM. Know what to do, just can't figure out how to fit it all into your busy life? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Ellen Daysford from Seamless Life. Join me every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio and learn the how of conscious living. Let me and my guests help make your life seamless. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the Internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. What if business could be fun? What if business is the adventure of living? What are you choosing? Where do you do business that makes it easier, more fun, or more joyful for you? We'd love to see where you do business. Connect with us on Instagram at Joy of Business or Twitter at Joy of Business and share your pictures with hashtags BusinessDoneWare and Joy of Business. Let's change the world with business. The truth is, you can't change the world if you're broke. I know, I tried. Isn't it time you turn your life's calling into a profitable, freedom-based business? I'm Michelle Barr. Join me every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern for Sacred Success. The Real Conscious Connection. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. And we're back. Speaking with Yitzhak Berry talking about his book, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahuasca Dreams, and Journeys to Other Realms. Yitzchak, I was so fascinated by the story of your inner drive to to find, really to reconnect what seems to have been in your lineage. Um, do you think that anyone can become a healer or shaman, or does it really have to come down through the DNA? Well, I think that like many other shamans uh, that I worked with in the Amazon and the Andes, that we are all shamans. There is no person on this earth that when he touched someone kindly or speak good words, uh, kind words with another person is not changing the person's uh, uh, mood or feelings. Um, we are all have dreams. We all have visions. We all have all these uh Information that uh, shamans uh, shamans do. If any everybody have to become a pro- practitioners, I'm not sure. 
it's a it's a calling. It's a it's something that um, uh, you have to feel in your heart if you want to uh, pursue it. But if we have all, if we have the if it's in our DNA, yes, we are all uh, a spiritual being and we are all healers. And um, this book is really about that. It's about encouraging people to to um, meet their abilities and to confirm it and to uh, use it in their everyday life. Mm. Can you uh, give us a few of the techniques that you discuss in the book that, that can help ordinary people heal themselves? Well, uh, there, there's the classic techniques of shamanic journeys, uh, working with spirit or power animals or sp- spirit of nature, the waka, sacred, uh, sacred uh, objects. Um, you may want to learn uh, by taking a workshop uh, with uh, shamanic practitioners uh, that uh, you can find uh, to learn it. And it's something that you can do and use it in your home uh, or in anywhere you are. Uh, actually, you don't really need always to lay down and close your eyes. You can you can actually go and, and meet your spirit guides and teachers. Um, you can pay attention to your dreams, uh, see the meaning and and the connection between dreams and what they are coming to tell you. Uh, there is a technique there that I discussed, which is uh, the uh, long distance viewing that you can uh, develop uh, to be able to travel. Uh, to see other people or um, family or friends in in, in uh, faraway places, like I do, uh, visit my friends and my family in Israel and and around the world. Uh, there are ability to uh, to read candles, which is uh, something that I teach people to do, which is a very old technique that uh, people in the Amazon is uh, is using. Uh, there are so many different ways you can feel energy and, and receive information through your um, the, the palm of your hands or through gazing at, at people and seeing their energy field around them. All of those techniques are available to you and they are not expensive. They're actually incredibly free. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and, um, and and it's available to you every, day, every time of the day. You don't have to... Um, to go to a to a special place or a temple to do that, you can just uh, really uh, concentrate, change the consciousness, and change your the wavelength of your brain, and and go into a trance and start uh, receiving communication from the other world, from the unseen world. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people, when they are driving, they kind of go into this altered state, and many people have experiences uh, in that state. And and I'd like to point out to our listeners that the United States um, government uh, actually had a team of remote viewers during the Cold War um, years. And I think the Russians really had developed that into a fine art. So this is something that is a real effect. It's not, it's not imagination. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that people have to overcome when they have experiences such as the ones that Yitzhak um, described that you kind of tuck away under the, under the rug because you don't have a context for them. So what we're trying to do here on this show is to give you that context and give you that reassurance that you should go for it. 
Absolutely. So um, you went to Ecuador and you took ayahuasca. Did that, was that a, a kind of a, a make or break, you know, a real watershed for you? Or were you already moving in that direction of opening your third eye? I already been, uh, at that time I was already doing some work uh, for two or three years. So I was working with spirit. I was kind of prepared to meet spirit and, um, and encounter them. Um, but the uh, ayahuasca ceremonies that I've done at, at the Shuar in, uh, in the Amazon was a very important uh, experience that I had. Um, I've so, I've so, I've seen some images and received some messages or, or, or actually teachings, uh, about how the universe work and messages for my, for my life. Um, and, um, and I made some vows over there to spirit, the spirit of the Amazon and Shaman Portal, the website is, is really part of that vow to, help the Amazon or help change consciousness of people so they can protect the um, the lungs of the earth and the big snake anaconda who's, who's journeying through the, all this beautiful land. So I, in many ways, I kind of uh, devoted my, um, my life now to uh, that promise that I made to the jungle of the Amazon. You know, I've heard from many... Uh, people from all walks of life, of traveling to the Amazon, of doing ayahuasca and so on. Why is shamanism having such a resurgence all over the world? I think that uh, modern people, people who live in the digital society that we are in now, in this digital revolution that we are now experiencing uh, the shutdown of the senses, they're experiencing... Um, disconnect from the the world around us, and it's very interesting because the people who most visit uh, the Shaman Portal website are people from the Bay Area, from the West Coast, from and from the East Coast, from uh, New York City, and some other places, um, urban places in the the country that are very high tech. And some from Europe, also the the more advanced societies there, they all they all feel there is something is missing with all that digital world that we are creating, all that flat screen that we are constantly looking at. They don't give us community, real community, touch, feeling. They they are eliminating our need to remember. Uh, so our mind is going blank because uh, everything that we need to know, including the weather and um, phone numbers and information and history, is all in the in the Google search. Um, but they need they to fulfill the need for to be a, a human. Uh, we really need to use the sixth sense and all the other senses that we have uh, together to be to fulfill it to why we are here and. And I think that the 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 fail of uh, of our governments and and our corporations and the the religion organization to give us real connection, real answers to our life problems is so magnified now that and it's so transparent for so many people 
that we are all looking for for real answers and real answers we can only find the way I see it in the unseen world in in the in being total human being total human what do you mean by that it's a human that is not only rely on uh, outside instruments to confirm that he's human that works from his heart that mm-hmm. is open to all people that is connected to the earth and to all the elements that is um, environmentally sustainable person that that is human mm-hmm. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, if- what we call what we call human right <laughs> being rooted in their humanity as opposed to their their externalities yeah what's your biggest concern for the world my biggest concern is that we don't live from our heart i think that you can see it um in the united states the most i think that in other places too where you have so much violence so much discrimination against races and against against gay lesbian whatever by you know um, by genders and um, you have so much uh, di- di- uh, dishonoring for poor people for minorities it is all a, a symptoms of not a, a bad people or or evil people but it's a, it's, a, it's a symptoms of people who are living with fear, fear of scarcity, um, not with openness and acceptance that the universe is such a magnificent place that can provide us with abundance of resources for everybody to share. Well, speaking as an ad man, uh, you, your kind of uh, bread and butter is getting people to feel the sense of scarcity so that they will buy, the sense of not enough so that they will get a product to be complete. So it's I, interesting that you're, you're um, pulling away from that. Yes, and that, that was the disconnect that I felt yeah. for so many years. I, I, I could not... But you see, there is um, advertising that is not just that. You know, there are there is many uh, advertising agencies or people that are doing very excellent work in uh, promoting the environment, pro- promoting green uh, green uh, consciousness. Uh, well, are- I'm I'm delighted to hear that, and um, may they prosper. And may you <laughs> prosper, Yitzchak. Um, and I hope that your book, The Gift of Shamanism, Visionary Power, Ayahuasca Dreams, and Journeys to Other Realms, does prosper indeed. It's a fascinating read. I really recommend it to our listeners. And your website is thegiftofshamanism.com. Yitzchak Be'eri, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a delight. It's been a delightful uh, experience for me, and I really like people to... Um, through the reading of that book, encourage them to use their own. We'll be right back after this break. Your conscious connection to a more mindful world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. 
Hi, this is Angela Levesque, host of Entanglement Radio. Join me Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern for inspiring conversations with visionaries in spiritual science and conscious healing. Entanglement Radio, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Transcendent talk for the conscious mind. Host your show on IOM FM, the radio network of Ohm Times Media, one of the more recognized brand names in the conscious community, and is backed by the extensive marketing reach of Ohm Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. Have you ever wondered how to change your love paradigm? The secret key is finding a love partnership, not just a regular connection. How do you find these? Through conscious relationships. Ascending Hearts Dating is a dating site for people like you that believes in second chances and a different type of spiritual connection. Try Ascending Hearts for free today at AscendingHearts.com and change your love paradigm. Ascending Hearts, the premier dating community for the spiritually awake. Circle of Hearts Radio is a sanctuary on the airwaves. Join me, Grandmother Alaya, in the circle on Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, as I share information to both enlighten and nourish your soul. A conscious lifestyle for a mindful life. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. And we are back with our next guest. It's a two-piece band, a hunglish two-piece band called Cinnabar. (laughs) And it includes Jave from Australia and Sylvia from Hungary, hence hunglish. They have a signature sound and visual style that blends organic and electronic instruments with matching film footage. Cinnabar presents the atmospheric Magic Lives Here live music and film show. It features Jave on piano um, and Sylvie on voice and flute, all playing to synchronize short films. The show invites expansion and entertainment, emphasizing our connection to everyone and everything as shared experience made personal. And it reminds us that the magic lives inside all of us. The show is both an oral and visual journey. And here I welcome Jave and Sylvia. Hi, Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm yeah, glad thanks. you could join us all the way from Ibiza. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to be on your fantastic show. Tell me, how did all of this start for you? Um, ever since I was small, um, I mean, I started, uh, classical piano when I was about four or five. Um, and, uh, I think I was just always fascinated with music and my parents bought a piano. Um, I started playing, um, and uh, it didn't sort of come that naturally at first. Um, but gradually, uh, and, and I took lessons. And uh, obviously gradually got better uh, at it. And I've always just been incredibly drawn to sound, sound and and atmosphere and the incredible incredible emotions and the incredible feelings that you can generate through sound. So, um, and it just continued on through then and uh, through sort of a lot of the usual kind of things that... And I suppose most musicians do. As I, as I grew, I got to be a teenager and uh, I taught myself guitar and, and bass. 
and uh, joined a lot of garage bands and experimented <laughs> with a lot of different things. And yeah, 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 it's typical and played in a lot of bars and pubs and for quite a number of years and never quite figured out for a while why it didn't quite sort of do it for me. Um, and eventually after uh, I got into my 20s and I lived in the top of Australia in the tropics in, in Darwin, uh, which is a very malleable, very kind of amazing kind of place and very different from where I grew up in the south of Australia. And uh, it was a very expansive place, very open, and I think that's where I discovered a lot of freedom. I, I first discovered what the word really meant, and that was also the place where I started first to uh, to compose uh, some of my sort of classically based extended uh, pieces of music. I'm just curious, did Aboriginal, um, you know, didge music and everything, did that influence you at all? Um, surprisingly enough, no, even though in the top of Australia there are uh, the, uh, not, oh, what are they called? They're not called reservations like you have in America, but there, there are huge tracts of land that uh, they actually set aside for the Aboriginal people, um, and you actually need permits. To, to go into those and I, I was playing in bands at the time and we did get to, to play in some of those communities and uh, it did have quite a quite an impact on me just uh, to see how the nomadic people lived and um, just their lifestyle and also their connection to the land and how for 40 odd thousand years or so they had managed to live in what white people would consider to be incredibly harsh conditions and not only survive, but prosper in, and, and just the way the, their lifestyle, the way of life, the way they treated nature and, and themselves and the animals and everything um, just had quite an impact on me, I think. Yeah. So how, how would you describe um, your, your music and film show? How did that all come together? Um, that came together... After I basically I uh, I relocated to Bali uh, about six seven years ago um, after spending basically most of my life in Australia and playing in various bands and various configurations and then basically um, deciding to just go solo really because I think that the things I was doing and being with other people can be really great and can be quite collaborative. But uh, finding, it's like anything, you've got to find the right combination of people that are heading in the same direction at the same time with the same kind of feeling in their heads and their hearts. And uh, I didn't quite sort of seem to manage to pull that off. So I, um, I thought I'd, I'd go it alone um, just so that I wouldn't be held ransom to other people, which often happens to when you put a lot of time and energy into projects for many years and then it, it doesn't sort of turn out. So um, I decided to relocate. I had an opportunity, and I sold up everything that I had in Australia, house, bikes, studio, everything, and thought um, I would just move to Bali. And I had the idea in the year 2000 that what I wished to do was just to take some of the compositions that I'd been putting together over the years, especially the extended pieces, the more orchestral kind of uh, pieces, and put matching video footage to them. So it would be not only an oral experience, but it would also be a visual experience. And to marry the two together and to edit things precisely so you would get uh, much more of an impactive uh, experience, basically. So, yeah. 
And what were you hoping that the audience would get out of it? Were you doing well, it because this is something that you wanted to get out of your heart, or did you also have the audience in mind? Well, I think it's both, really, because it's, uh, I think when one goes through one's own transformative journeys and the sort of steps you take and, and, the, um, and the effect that it has, I think, and especially when you um, have a medium like music and, and visuals, um, the hope is, or the the goal is to, to put that together in such a way so that others can also use it, maybe not in exactly the same way that you have come upon it yourself, but to use it as a vehicle that then they can jump in and take and, and also so that they can find um, the magic themselves that I, I would find in music and the exhilaration and um, just the amazement and, and the effect that it would have on my life. And then I thought, wow, if you can marry uh, interesting and amazing music and, and visuals together, that it would just be such a much more impactive thing to do. Also, around the time, around the year 2000 or so, I think I was getting exposed to people who were starting to do that. But I found with, with a lot of the music and the visuals, often you'd have different people doing the visuals and different people doing the music. So often it wasn't very for me and I found it that the music would be great and the visuals would be great but often they didn't seem to kind of quite gel and blend for me and I thought wouldn't it be wonderful to actually attempt to put the two together and really really marry them hmm. yeah uh, Bali seems to be the ideal location for finding magic. It seems to be such a um, an exotic and, and colorful and really magic-saturated place. Did you find it that way? Um, interesting you say the word saturated because it, it, it's, um, it is quite that way and it's incredibly, can be incredibly intense and it can be such a strong mirror just because of the intensity of the energy and um, and I guess it's incredibly populated too. So and these days it's incredibly populated by Westerners. A lot of Westerners live there, as well as of course the Balinese and the Javanese and other folk. And it has a quite an incredible intensity, much more so than when I first started going there about well, 25, 30 years ago. And but there is definitely an incredible quality there that uh, beckons change and transformation. And basically, whatever you bring with you and carry within your head and your heart is going to be mirrored back to you and often very quickly and and multiplied uh, a lot of times and sometimes <laughs> you're not ready for that and it can be quite challenging. So the, the whole picturesque thing about, yes, it's picturesque, yes, it's wonderful, yes, it's um, the island of the gods and all the other advertising stuff, yep, can be that definitely, but wow, it, it can also be quite um, especially when you start living there. When you only go there for holidays and trips, as I did many times, you get a bit of that surface magic and a bit of the wow, and you get that stuff to take home with you. Um, uh, but once you live there, you find it's got so many different layers and so many different realities existing in the same place at the same time. And you can tap into any of those. And depending, like I said before, what's in your head and your heart and what you wish to achieve, you can actually do that quite quickly, um, as I found out, especially after I met um, Sylvie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me what um, – we'll, we'll get to Sylvia in a moment, but what can um, guests expect from attending one of your performances? Um, basically an audio-visual journey. 
And, um, well, the way the setup works is we set up a large video screen or the, the place where we are putting on a show has a large video screen in the middle of the stage. And I set up the piano on one side. Sylvie basically has a microphone and, and a flute on the other side. And um, the videos roll and we just play along with them, play along live. And it's, uh, it's a spring journey, a bit like sort of taking a walk down through the countryside with lots of left and right turns and sometimes without indicating. So um, I think it takes the listener and the, and the seer on, on, a, on a multi-layered journey. Is and there I like a storyline? Um, storyline? Yes so and no. Yes and no. It's um, basically there is an an opening and there is an invitation for uh, everybody to kind of participate with an open heart and an open mind. And the journey itself is pretty individual. Like when you participate in a yoga class, even though you are with uh, many people, but your individual journey is happening in your yoga mat. And um, at the end, there is an integration uh, because we find from the feedbacks we receive that it's pretty intensive for people. So at the end, there is a really nice and relaxing integration of the whole performance to, to basically be able to go home and feel that what you receive can stay with you and you can just uh, let it grow within rather than Sometimes we just uh, participate or attend on a performance and after a couple of weeks we forget about it. But it feels that this one somehow gels in and stays and grows within. That's very interesting. It sounds uh, quite like a shamanic journey, which is what the subject of our previous guest uh, was discussing. So it's, mm. it's funny can how the be. two come together. <laughs> can be, can be. I think, I think the thing with ours is, uh, is not to be so much intrusive with people or tell people kind of where to go with it, but Dave, to kind of suggest, we're going to have yes. to hold that thought and we're going to come right back to it, but we're just about to go to a break. So, um, when, when you, uh, when we come back, I hope you'll tell us about that. Absolutely. We will. Well, hmm, my break music seems to have disappeared. Um, Sylvie, maybe you could sing. <laughs> Just a thought. Okay. Um, interesting. Well, uh, we will just carry on until uh, until we're told otherwise. All right. <laughs> True. So. Oh. What? Yeah. Oh, suggestive, yes. Basically, music and visuals are more suggestive. And, and I was really sort of careful about this because sometimes when you sort of. Oh, I hear when, it in the background. I oh, do hear it, it in the background. Finally. Yes, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, producers, naughty, naughty. But we'll be right <laughs> back. <laughs> We're speaking with Jade and Sylvie of Cinnabar. Free your mind. Expand your soul. Om Times Radio. IOM FM. 
know what to do, just can't figure out how Post to your show on IOM FM, the radio network of OM Times Hi, Media, one of the more recognized life. brand names Join in the conscious community and is backed by the extensive marketing radio. reach of OM Times. Hosting a show on IOM FM immediately connects you with our extensive, dedicated community. As difficult as it is to believe, there are places in Africa where human traffickers sell albino children and their body parts for use in magic rituals. Humanity Healing International is actively working in Uganda to change this paradigm. The Albino Rescue Project finds albino children who are at risk and places them in safe schools and environments where they can learn and grow free from fear. To learn more or to sponsor a child, visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. Radio Namaste leads you down the yellow brick road into portals of consciousness with the blue collar goddess as your host. Interviews with humans who could be famous or just popular and answers to everything are on the agenda. Tune into Om Times Radio and drop in on Thursdays at 3 Eastern. It's a different brand of enlightenment. Conscious Media for Conscious Minds. Om Times. Well, we're back with my guests. Uh, Jave and Sylvie from the group Cinnabar. Um, yo. Just, <laughs> yo. <laughs> How did you Great two meet? Back. How did you two uh-huh. meet? Oh, I had a feeling you were going to ask that one next. <laughs> Sylvie, would you like to? We actually met at a comedy, stand-up comedy workshop, of all things. Um, we had a mutual friend in Bali called James. And um, who used to do bio dancer and also do comedy improv. And uh, at the time, I remember uh, I thinking to myself, God, I'm getting this sort of show together. And um, I haven't been on stage for a bit because it's been taking me a while to, to sort of put the whole thing together and, and what have you. And I sort of thought, wouldn't it be great to get some stage skills up and all that kind of confidence and, and what have you. And so stand-up improv on the spot seemed like a kind of cool idea. So I went along to a couple of sessions, had an absolutely amazing time. And it's incredible what people come up with in the moment when you're just given a sketch or something to do without thinking about it. No conscious mind enters and it's just purely, it's amazing. So um, Sylvie came along to one of the sessions and we met. That's sweet. Um, um, but on oh, and it was just, it was a really wonderful connection. I was just going to continue um, the first time, but I was just actually so mesmerized with, with Sylvan. The first time I, I forgot to ask her out um, after sort of, yeah, isn't it funny how things like that happen? <laughs> Didn't make the same mistake second time. <laughs> <laughs> he can be taught. So what is Sylvia's role in the project? Aha, later. Oh, Sylvie, would you like to tell? Oh, well, Sylvie um, has helped me incredibly with the uh, editing. She's also also appears in some of the videos. Um, she has the most amazing singing voice, which is like operatic and is like three octaves or something. I don't know the whole technical thing, but uh, she has an amazing range. And she also plays flute, um, which incidentally happened. And so a couple of the tunes that she had on the flute just happened to fit some of the pieces that I'd sort of created years before. And so it was just one of those wonderful kind of magical meetings, which um, I didn't actually ask for. I was just, I, I just sort of thought, God, I'm quite happy just doing things on my own. 
and just happy to go with it. And I'm, I mean, I was looking for a, a wonderful, creative, happy partner to be with. But this was like such an incredible bonus when I found out that you could actually sing out all these other wonderful qualities that it was just like, wow. <laughs> Where do you get the yeah. inspiration for these things? I, I was looking at some of the videos on YouTube and they're, uh, they really are kind of, of magical, entrancing. Um, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. I mean, where do we get these things from? We just, um, I think from a desire and, and I think also because I'd been to Bali so many times and I'd started composing a lot of the, the pieces that I had written, some of them, some of the ones that are in the show, not all of them. Um, so Bali seemed like a very fitting place to kind of finish a project that had been kind of started many, many years before or inspired in part by it. And um, so I think part of that was completing a circle and, and a whole cycle. And I'd always found a lot of magical times and experiences in Bali, not always peachy keen and, and wonderful and everything. Some of them were, were quite challenging and um, and difficult, but but always um, yeah, incredibly poignant. So. Uh, I think a lot of it was from that and just from having a, a fairly nomadic life, lots of traveling within Australia. And um, where else, Sylv? I think the people we've met, uh, they had, um, yeah, we have some really deep uh, friendships and they were quite inspiring. And also what the two of us are creating together and the dynamic as uh, our relationship grows and deepens, I think it also has an impact on, on some of the videos. Oh. And as also as we allow ourselves to grow and expand as um, creative artists. So it's, uh, it's, an, it's an ongoing and ever-growing project, I suppose. It's been quite uh, synergistic too, because I was just starting on the first couple of videos um, and I was wondering how I was going to pull all this off. I had this great idea in my head of what I wanted to do, as one often does. I had no idea how I was going to do it. Um, I'm, I mean, I bought myself a camera. I got some uh, a video program for my computer. And, and then I thought, great, now what? And, and it's like one of those funny things. I had a couple of friends in Bali, too, who, who were into art galleries and art, and they sort of helped out a bit and sort of started me off. But um, it wasn't until Sylvie came along that everything just kind of clicked into place. And within about a year and a half, we'd, I think, completed eight or nine videos, which when I think about it and look back on it now, I probably would have taken me years and years to do on my own if I could have even kind of done it. So... Um, synchronicity and that wonderful synergy you get when you have a, a great vision and passion in your heart and then you meet the right people and the right circumstances and it all just comes together. And I think also Bali is an amazing place for experiencing magic or experiencing spirituality and it's uh, because Balinese are actually living living their spiritual life for them spirituality or existence of the god is not a question they live that so for us it became more and more real that actually we are creative gods and goddesses and we can just play and uh, as we became more open and more playful 
um, it became easier and easier to have an idea that, all right, what the next video is going to be about. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it was fascinating to well, be in that energy. It's wonderful that people like you and like my, my earlier guest Yitzhak are bringing these, um, uh, connected magical experiences from the east and the southern hemisphere into the the colder north if you will the colder <laughs> west the temperate yeah yeah how did you um uh, get that name the band name cinnabar oh well originally i started off years ago with calling myself Keymaker for some, I'm not sure, probably because I play the keyboard and sort of making music with keys. Um, and uh, so that kind of stuck for a bit. And um, then meeting Sylvie, and Sylvie was like a redhead. And we didn't quite know what to really call Sylvie, so we just made it Keymaker and the redhead. But then something really strange happened, um, I think a year or so ago. Sylvie changed her hair colour. <laughs> And so we sort of thought, wow, Keymaker and the brunette just didn't kind of sound really cool. And I just sort of, sort of thought it was a change. Plus, it was a very long name and something that I, I started, sort of started when I was on my own sort of musically with the project. So I thought it'd be nice to just have a fresh name because we, um, just with the collaboration, it just felt fresher and sweeter and um, nicer. And you were reinventing yourself, so it should go to the name as well. Exactly. Yeah. What are your future also, plans? Um, well, we just uh, moved to Ibiza a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a couple of months ago because um, the time in Bali just kind of came to a close. And I guess sort of often or things can happen like that have a project or a desire or, or, or a certain outcome or whatever, and it kind of comes to fruition. And that's probably as far as we could have gone in Bali. Bali, as wonderful as it is for many things, um, cannot provide everything or the, probably the next stages in our evolution just because of its, uh, because of its very nature. So um, I've always wanted to, because Sylvie's from Hungary, obviously, and um, I have European connections too through my parents, and I'd always wanted to to come to a... Um, a larger marketplace, but also one that was a little more, more European, especially with the traditions and with, um, just the ambience here. And, and I mean, being in, in Ibiza is just like, we didn't, neither of us had ever been here before. And it just came to us to, to be a, a, a wonderful place to, to be. And it has turned out even more so since being here. <laughs> um, it's got, it's got archaeological remnants from the Phoenicians and, built this amazing fort here and um, the old town is just charming and 18th 17th century and it's got such a lot of history and a lot of um i think culture a lot of inspiration and sort of different things that we can relate to um and plus it's it's such a great much larger marketplace because of the whole European theatre here. So sure. places possibly to, to perform and theatres and the summer festivals and, and so many other opportunities, which um, Asia just doesn't quite provide. Well, if people want to invite you to perform somewhere, where would they get a hold, hold of you? Um, we have a website um, or a web page and uh, it's uh, tuneteams.com. Can so you say, H- say that again? HTTP 
colon slash slash tune teams dot com slash cinnabar and cinnabar is spelled c-i-n-n-a-b-a like the uh, crystal <laughs> very good very um, good well um it's been you know great fun uh, and so if uh, you want to oops. invite cinnabar to your next event um go to tune teams dot com forward slash cinnabar it's actually what Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that it's, it'll be, uh, we have a, an, an appearance in your, um, NC Review magazine too. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you, Jave and Sylvie. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us and visit ncreview.com. Join me next week to meet more rising stars of the new consciousness. And until then, shine brightly. I'm Miriam Knight. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. That was easy.